hey y'all this pastor b so have you ever committed to god and said yes i'm going to follow you wherever wherever you go yes i will um obey you and then it turns out that yes um created more heartache control that you had expected have you ever told god lord i did not expect life to be like this when i committed my heart to you well today's episode we're going to look at the life of moses and how moses um asked those very same questions um and how god responded all right so thank y'all so much for listening to the episode we're going to jump right into it right now Hello and welcome to another episode of the Living from Sunday to Sunday podcast. I'm your host, Pastor B. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in to today's episode. I believe this is going to be the best 15 minutes of the day because real change happens 15 minutes at a time. Please be sure to share this with your family and friends. Um, subscribe and download to uh, and download the episode. And on today. Um, we're going to talk about how whenever we say yes to God, whenever we agree to um, following after God, sometimes we come across situations, we come across circumstances um, that um, are a bit more than what we bargained for. Sometimes we um, come across disappointments. We come across the um, idea of God asking us to do a little bit more than what we originally um, bargained for, right? A lot of times we know that our lives are going to change. Sometimes we even know that uh, we may have to make different choices, right? Um, whereas our um, the friends that we hung out with um, that we kind of knew were kind of bad for us, um, those are the ones that's pretty easy for us to let let them go. But whenever um, we have to lose what's comfortable, lose what we love, that can be a, a, a little difficult. Sometimes God causes us to go into places and go um, around people that um, are completely opposite of what we're used to, right? And so I think um, this transition of following God and really just obeying Him completely can take us in places that's very, very foreign. And a lot of times whenever we get there, we can feel like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this because this is way more than what I um, originally planned and originally thought. So when we look at the life of Moses, you look at Exodus chapter three and Exodus chapter four, um, Moses, of course, is raised as a child in the home of the Pharaoh's daughter, right? So he's a <clears throat> Hebrew being raised in um, luxury of the uh, Egyptian palace. And <clears throat> as he grows, you know, he becomes accustomed to the ways of, of the Egyptian but he doesn't ever lose where he, um, like his, his heritage, right? So he's always um, a 
Hebrew from birth. So he sees his fellow Hebrews that are, are being um, mistreated. And he rises up against one who who is being um, harassed and he murders um, someone who is, you know, messing with one of his people. Right. And so after he murders him, he runs. Right. Um, fleeing the punishment. So he spends 40 years in the desert, 40 years in the wilderness. He finds a wife. He lives with his uncle. <clears throat> and just out of nowhere, he sees this burning bush um, on Mount Sinai, and he goes because it's obviously um, a rare sight to see not only something on fire, but something that's not being consumed. And so from this particular burning bush, he hears the voice of God calling him. Um, and he says, hey, um, Moses, take off your sandals because where you're standing here in this burning bush, it's holy ground. And so um, Moses follows this instruction. And so it, it's at this particular juncture that the Lord tells Moses that I've heard the cries of my people who have been in bondage for an extended period of time, almost 400 years. And it's time for them to be delivered and you are the man for the job. And that's a big task. When you look at the, the history of, of Israel, um, being free from slavery is a huge deal. And so many times I see Moses as someone who has what we call imposter syndrome, where he doesn't see what God sees, right? Like there's no way that he, one, can do it. And two, Moses feels that he is disqualified, right? There's no reason for God to pick him. Um, he talks about how, um, you know, now, now, again, this is what's crazy about God. God outlines the entire process. He tells them everything that he's going to do. And Moses was like, I mean, that's cool and all, but I stutter. And Lord, even when I talk to my own people, who am I supposed to say that sent me? Because they hadn't talked to you in 400 years. And God says, tell them I am that I am has sent you. And always, like when God picks you, when God chooses you for any type of, of an assignment, God isn't surprised by our flaws many times. He picks us in spite of our flaws. He, he picks us because of our flaws, because he knows that um, if we fully commit and we fully say yes, that we're going to give God credit. He doesn't pick the perfect man. He doesn't pick the one who has everything together, right? You're, you're never going to find a leader without some type of flaw. You're, you're never going to find a... Um, Someone who's called to to bring change to an area, to bring change to a community, to um, shift culture, to change politics. Um, a God-fearing leader is going to have some type of flaw. And sadly, in our culture today, 
we seek the, the flaw after we've um, elevated the positives of what we know. And we create this platform for, um, for man. Once the flaw comes out, and it doesn't really matter what it is, once the flaw comes out, we try to use that flaw to denigrate all of the good things that, that they've done, right? Um, but like Moses was so in, um, he he saw his flaws as as the one thing that God can use. And God knows what's up with us. Like he knows if, if we don't have the proper um, administrative skills, God doesn't want you to go and be perfect. He wants you to go and meet the help that's coming your way, right? Because God has already told Moses' brother Aaron, hey, I need you to go and meet Moses. Because, and it's possible that even Aaron didn't have the whole picture, right? Like God never tells us everything, right? He just gives us enough and wants us to be able to trust um, him and what he's given us, right? He showed God showed Moses what was going to happen as far as the the um, full extent of the deliverance. He said that, you know, I'm going to bring plagues upon um, Egypt when you there's going to be wonders and signs that you are going to have to show uh, both your people and Pharaoh. But don't be discouraged because I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. And I'm sure Moses didn't quite understand what that meant. He may have he may have known that um, Pharaoh would not exactly let Egypt go quickly, but the extent of what Moses's choice and Moses's obedience, I'm sure he wasn't quite he didn't know how it was going to impact Israel. So he gets to to Egypt. He goes to Pharaoh, him and, him, and, him and Aaron, and they say, hey, let me and my people travel three days to go worship our God. Let our people go. And Pharaoh's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. All of this work that um, the Israelites are supposed to do, you are stopping them from doing their work. You're trying to get a three-day vacation to go and worship. And in them three days, it's bricks that need to be made that's not going to be made while y'all are not working. So, no, I'm not going to let you go. And not only am I not going to let you go, the one thing that you need to make your bricks and to reach maximum productivity in making your bricks, I'm taking that away. But the quota still has to be met. So Pharaoh essentially made the job harder for the Israelites and, and the slaves while not reducing the quota, right? Um, it's almost like trying to make brick without concrete. Concrete is a key ingredient, but but Pharaoh was like, you don't matter. I'm just going to make this harder for you, right? And so the people who were in charge of, of the slaves, as well as the slaves, was like, um, 
why did you have to say that? It's already hard. We're already um, killing ourselves trying to meet this quota. And here you come talking about God told you to let us go. And now you've made our jobs 10, 12, 100 times harder. And so Moses goes to God and it's like, God, this is not what I signed up for. You didn't tell me that when I when I would come you know, and, and speak to Pharaoh, that he would do this and he would make these people suffer. Lord, what are you doing? And a lot of times we, we do that. Um, we don't always see how obeying God, like we have an idea of what obeying God is going to look like. And we think that everybody is going to agree with it, agree with us. You know, you hear preachers say all the time that um, once, once you commit your life to God, some people think that um, all of your troubles go away and it just doesn't work. Right. That's just not, not the case. So what do you do when your expectations are not met? How do you handle the frustration of um, being let down because you obey God? Then you just have to understand that God knows what he's doing, that he understands and that he is going to um, work this out for your good. That sometimes being obedient ups, upsets the um, system of sin around you, the um, demonic forces that you encounter, you've probably gone through, you know, these same environments for years and nobody, you know, even saw you, nobody paid you any attention. But the moment you give your life to God and you walk into those same, same um, circles, you now stand out. You bring attention to yourself, even without trying and so that brings the attack of the enemy. That brings the uh, discomfort in the atmosphere. And so because of that, you know, you're going to ruffle some feathers. You're going to make people mad, especially whenever you um, fully commit to God and God calls you to, to disrupt systems. So be encouraged, right? Stay the course. Um, because in some, in some cases, God has hardened the hearts and the minds of the people who were holding you captive, holding the people closest to you captive. And the only way for them to break free is you have to come and you have to stay obedient. You have to stand firm on what God told you, stand firm on uh, what he called you to do and don't waver for anybody, right? So be encouraged, know that even though it's not what you expected God is still with you and God knew it. God orchestrated all of this for you. So he's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you fail. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. All right. So um, thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. Um, please make sure that you um, download and s subscribe to the podcast. Of course, you can find this show everywhere where, where um, they are available. Apple, Spotify, Google, um, we're, we're everywhere, right? So um, let us know how this podcast is blessing you. And don't forget you have the opportunity of signing up to be a paid subscriber um, and join the Unity community. Just make sure you check out the show notes and click on um, the link there and uh, you can become a paid subscriber for 3 
dollars a month. All right. Y'all have a great one. And until next time, we'll see you when we see you. Thank you for listening to the Living from Sunday to Sunday podcast. All episodes are available everywhere where podcasts can be found. Make sure that you like the show, download, and subscribe so you won't miss out on any of the future episodes. Remember, real change happens between Sundays. Talk to you soon.